0: welcome to the life church STL podcast wherever you're joining us from we hope this message encourages and inspires you thanks for listening and enjoy today's message you know we're still in this series old school and um, I uh, I think I said it maybe it was last week you know that I'm not you know, fire and brimstone type of a a guy, um, being all angry and mean and trying to slap you across the face and stuff like that. But um, I feel this burden, and I think you've maybe kind of felt it come out in the past few weeks, but <coughs> I have... <laughs> I have this word that God has given me and my prayer is just that He speaks that it is nothing of me. Um, And I believe this isn't just for our church. It's not like, hey, I'm speaking this to our church and this is what we need. I, I feel like He wants to speak this to the church, the whole church. Um, Let me just pray. God, I pray that that you speak to us today, God, that there would be nothing of me that comes out of this, God, but all of you. And I pray, God, that you would just invade our lives with your presence, God, in your glory. God, that these words, not just in here, but in your church, because I believe this is something that you're speaking And that you want to speak all across the world. Not necessarily through me, but through your people. But God, I pray, I pray that you move and you speak in Jesus' name. Amen. In Ezekiel 8, they don't have this scripture because I'm going to read the entire chapter and I just would like you to to try to allow this to speak to you and, and kind of understand hopefully like I do this this burden that that God has for his people. And wanting them to come back to him. In Ezekiel 8, I'm gonna start in verse 2, and it says Then I looked, and there was a likeness like the appearance of fire, from the appearance of his waist and downward fire, and from his waist and upward like the appearance of brightness, like the color of amber. He stretched out the form of a hand and took me by a lock of my hair, and the Spirit lifted me up between earth and heaven and brought me in visions of God to Jerusalem, to the door of the north gate of the inner court where the seat of the image of jealousy was, which provokes the jealousy. And behold, the glory of the God of Israel was there, like the vision I saw in the plain." Then he said to me, son of man, lift up your eyes now toward the north. So I lifted my eyes toward the north and there, north of the altar gate, was this image of jealousy in the entrance. Furthermore, he said to me, son of man, do you see what they are doing? The great abominations that the house of Israel commits here to make me go far away from my sanctuary. Now turn again. You will see greater abominations. So he brought me to the door of the court, and when I looked, there was a hole in the wall. Then he said to me, Son of man, dig into the wall. And when I dug into the wall, there was a door. And he said to me, Go in and see the wicked abominations which they are doing there. So I went in and saw and there every sort of creeping thing, abominable beast, and all the idols of the house of Israel portrayed around on the walls. And there stood before them seventy men of the elders of the house of Israel. And in their midst stood Jehazaniah, the son of Shephan. Each man had a censer in his hand, and a thick cloud of incense went up. Then he said to me, Son of man, have you seen what the elders of the house of Israel do in the dark, every man in the room of his idols? For they say, The Lord does not see us. The Lord has forsaken the land. And he said to me, turn again, and you will see greater abominations that they are doing. So he brought me to the door of the north gate of the Lord's house, and to my dismay, women were sitting there weeping for Tammuz, it's a fertility god. Then he said to me, have you seen this, O son of man? Turn again, you will see greater abominations than these. So he brought me into the inner court. Of the Lord's house, and there at the door of the temple of the Lord, between the porch and the altar, were about 25 men with their backs toward the temple of the Lord and their faces toward the east, and they were worshiping the sun toward the east. And he said to me, Have you seen this, O Son of Man? Is it, tri- is it a trivial thing to the house of Judah to commit the abominations which they commit here? For they have filled the land with violence then they have returned to provoke me to anger. Indeed, they put the branch to their nose. Therefore, I also will act in fury. My eye will not spare, nor will I have pity. And though they cry in my ears with a loud voice, I will not hear them. A couple of things in this chapter that I want to just say real quickly before I get on to more of, of what I feel like God is speaking is you see in this chapter that it goes from the priest and, and those that are leading. It goes to the men and the women, so you it, it encompasses all the people of God. And they're led away in their own desires, their own things. They have taken these idols, they're worshiping these false gods, worshiping the sun, doing all these things, and God is saying, and then they come back to me and put a branch to their nose. And I had to look that up because I was like, okay, well, I mean, what what exactly does that mean? It's like, but actually back in that day, it was this This um, act of humility to, to either put your hand in front of your mouth and your face like this, or sometimes they would take like a, like a cylinder or like a stick and do it. And it was this act of hum- humility, but God is saying, you see all these things that my people are doing, all these things that they've been led away with and, and they're running away and, and, and following all these false gods and these idols, they're, they're worshiping all these different things. You see the abominations that is in the midst of my people, the sinfulness in them. And then they come back to me in a, and what God is saying, in this false humility. They're coming back saying, oh God, oh, you know. And, and I was ugh, reading this and I'm thinking, how much has God's people, even in in just a religious, and, and I don't like that religious or religion word, but but it's the word to use when people are just playing church. When people are just going through the rituals or they're just doing something because they think that, you know, I, this is what I do on Sunday or whatever. Like I go through these motions and but it means nothing in their actual life because it isn't changing them. They're doing all these things, but they're not burdened for what God wants, and they aren't sick about what is going on in their lives or those around them. Then in Ezekiel chapter 9, in verse 3, it says, Now the glory of God, the God of Israel, had gone up from the cherub where it had been to the threshold of the temple. And he called to the man clothed with linen, who had the writer's ink horn at his side. And the Lord said to him, Go through the midst of the city, through the midst of Jerusalem, and put a mark on the foreheads, of the men who sigh and cry over all the abominations that are done within it. And before I get into more of my message, that's what my the burden I guess that that I feel like God is 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 placing on me at this moment saying I want you to see what has happened in my people and the reason that we are where we are today. And we can say that the stuff is going on all around the world and it's all this crazy mess and all these different things that are happening. But if God's people, see when God's people are actually falling on their faces before him and worshiping him, and doing what he wants instead of worshiping all these false idols and these different things and carried away with jealousy and all this stuff, then things actually happen in the world around us. And God wants something to happen, but he is saying, can you find the people that are burdened and that sigh? I just think about that. Those that are like their breath is taken away by what is happening. By the sin that's happening, not in the world, but in the church. He says to mark that they'll be marked. I want to be marked by God for His protection. For his purpose. That's what he's saying. God says, My fury is gonna go out on my people. We say, oh God, it's like, I love it. Like that. <laughs> okay, let me say that differently. I just laugh. Now that that this there's this thing that's the church has been carried away with, that it doesn't matter what we do, that God's going to forgive it, that God is just going to take care of us, no matter what sin we do, no matter what we believe, no matter how we act or how we live, that God is just going to be there and just take care of us. And that is what he wants to do, But he also wants his people. He wants his people to follow what he is asking them to do. And really, the thing that I'm most scared about is his presence being lifted off of his people. His presence being lifted so that we are weak and impotent. And cannot do what he's asked us to do. He says, Will you be marked because you have a burden? Because you are crying out for what is going on around you? Will you be the people? That I have called you to be. Not the people who you've called yourself to be. Because in my simple way of, of putting it, I just feel like that's what is the deal these days. Is we're being who we called ourselves to be instead of who God called us to be. Because there's my ideas or Our ideas, whoever's ideas, my thoughts, our thoughts, my strength. Leaning so much on ourselves and thinking that that we're something great. Instead of understanding that we are nothing and we need him. But we don't remain nothing. He makes us everything that those around us need. See, I, I can be. We, you can be everything that the world needs around you. You do have the strength, but it's not your strength. You do have the ability, the wisdom, the knowledge, the understanding, all the things that you need, but it's none of it's yours. It's all his. whether it's a revelation that he's given us or whether it's something that we are able to understand because we're so smart, he still gave us that smartness. It's all his. So many times like a kid trying to you know, do something good to hide the bad thing that they did, you know? It's like, I totally messed up. I totally did something that my parents said I shouldn't do. So I'm going to clean my room so that they're really excited that my room's clean, and maybe they won't notice the, the other thing that I did yesterday, that we come to church and we act like everything's great, and we even raise our hands. We sing this song throw up my hands. Great. But you can lift your hands in any room, any place, any sporting event, any concert. And most of us do that more in concerts or sporting events than we do in the church. But when we do it in the church, we think somehow that that is what is saving us, or that's what's making me okay with God is because, oh, I raised my hand in that song. I'm not saying don't raise your hands. I'm saying do it for the right reason. Do it because of the burden that I have to throw up my hands. Right? It says, I love it. It says, I don't. And I raise up my hands. No, it says I throw up my hands. Is that what it says? Throw up my hands. It's like my hands are just doing it on their own. They can't help but go up. My hands... I have to worship him because I'm in awe of who he is and what he's done in my life. I just, I can't even leave my hands at my side and sit here still because God is so good and he's been so good to me and he's done so much in my life that I can't stand here and be silent or keep my hands by my side. Ezekiel 22, verse 30. It says, So I sought for a man among them who would make a wall and stand in the gap before me on behalf of the land, that I should not destroy it. But I found no one. There's a couple of things in this verse that blow my mind that God is speaking. And saying, "I've been searching to and fro for someone that would stand in the gap between me and the land." Whoa. What well, I, I huh. that somebody would stand between God and the evil that is happening in the land. What does he mean? Not that you would be okay with it or you would explain it away, but he's saying somebody that would stand and do something and pray and intercede for what is happening so and, and stave off my fury for this sin so that more people could come to know who I am. That God is saying, will you be one of the ones that is so burdened with what is going on in the church, in the world, in your workplace, in your school, wherever, where, that you're so burdened by it that you're standing before God saying, God, no, don't, please. Don't let them be burned by your fury, but God, allow them to be saved by your love and your grace. God, would you please do that instead of just messing them up? God, will you save them? Stand. I I don't know about you. But thinking about that, thinking God is saying, will somebody stand there and hold me off? You know? Like God's, <laughs> I don't know some of you will get this, but like you've seen that thing. It's like, hold me back, hold me back, you know? You're looking for somebody to grab your arm and keep you from messing somebody up. And God, that's what God is asking his people to do. He's looking for people that will hold him back and keep him a little while so that more could come to know who he is. <laughs> and in the scripture it says, but I found no one. I mean, whew. again, I, I, you know I'm relating all this to now. And I, and in this, I guess because if you see it, that'd be great too. But these scriptures that I've read, I'm like, God help us. I don't, I don't feel like I'm reading scriptures from a couple hundred or five, six hundred years before Christ. I feel like I'm reading scripture about what is happening today. In God's people and the world. And then I read this scripture in Ezekiel in in 2230. And I hear him say, I'm searching. I'm searching for somebody who will hold me back. Will I be able to find a people that will intercede, that will pray, that will stand between me and the sin that my fury is aimed at and hold me back for a while to see more people come to know me. So just as God sought out in that moment. He's seeking out today people that will pray, that will be burdened, that will intercede for those that are lost in the church and out of the church. Those that will be so burdened that they can't help but do what he's asked them to do. And if you read actually, just the few, or the few chapters before sorry, the few verses before this verse 30, I'm just going to go through them and, and uh, Ezekiel 22:25, it says, "The conspiracy of her prophets in her midst is like a roaring lion tearing the prey." They have devoured people. They have taken treasure and precious things. They have made many widows in her midst. That the prophets in the church are prophesying stuff that's tearing the church apart and tearing people apart instead of bringing them closer to God. Ezekiel twenty-two twenty-six. 26, it says, her priests have violated my law and profaned my holy things. They have not distinguished between the holy and the unholy. Nor have they made known the difference between the unclean and the clean. And they have hidden their eyes from my Sabbath so that I am profaned among them. that those that are speaking supposed to be speaking truth the truth of God those leading those pastors have not distinguished between the holy and the unholy nor have they made known the difference between the unclean, and the clean. In verse 27, it says, Her princes, her leaders, in her midst are like wolves tearing the prey. They shed blood to destroy people and to get dishonest gain. That the leaders of the nation are out for themselves just to get what they want and are destroying and shedding blood to just gain for themselves. In verse 28, her prophets plastered them with untempered mortar, seeing false visions and divining lies for them, saying, thus says the Lord, When the Lord has not spoken, this untempered mortar, it's tophali, and it literally means to whitewash. You guys know what whitewash means? I'm not talking about whitewashing brick. Whitewashing, a deliberate concealment of someone's mistakes or faults in order to clear their name. that our prophets have whitewashed and have covered over the sins, the mistakes. And saying, thus says the Lord when the Lord has, and saying, you know, speaking all these words. And I don't want to get into it now. I love prophecy. God speaks prophetically today today as powerfully as he did in the Bible. But there's a lot of people prophesying on Instagram and Facebook nowadays. And I actually follow one that I believe like is hearing the word of the Lord, and I see other ones that also, that I'm like, you know, your prophet's saying, yay, says the Lord that, you know, it's going to be a good day tomorrow, you know, and it's you're just kind of being like the weatherman. <laughs> and they're wrong most of the time, and so are you. <laughs> In Ezekiel twenty-two twenty-nine, 29, it says, the people of the land have used oppressions. So now the people, and the people of the land have used oppressions committed robbery and mistreated the poor and needy and they are wrong wrongfully oppressed and they wrongfully oppressed the stranger so this is the context this is what this verse 30 is wrapped around and god says i've searched for somebody who will stand in the gap I've searched for somebody that will stand in between me and what is going on in the church and the world around me to hold me back, to hold my fury back. And we see these verses before, and I say, this again is exactly what I see today, that I'm not reading Scripture That was thousands of years ago. I'm reading scripture that's prophetically even speaking to us today about what is going on in our world today. And God wants to ask us, will you stand there and plead and intercede that these people the people that are not following me will, those living in sin, will turn and come to me instead of seeking that selfish desire that they've been seeking. And he says, will you stand in the gap? We say, I mean, you know, I I think too, too much nowadays that or I say nowadays, it's probably, it's probably like this in the Bible too, but we're like, man, they made their bed, they're going to have to sleep in it, you know, have this mentality of, of, you know what, I'm, I'm going to take care of, of myself and, and I'm doing, I'm, I'm seeking after God and, and they're going to have to seek after him themselves, you know, But God says, will you? Will you be the one? In 1 Samuel 12, in verse 20, you have the people of God that have sinned and and they've sought, of course, been sinning, but then also is that even more sought after a king for ourselves because they were like, we want a king, we want a king. God finally is like, we'll give you a king, but you're not going to like it. But anyway, Then in First Samuel twelve twenty it says, Then Samuel said to the people, Do not fear, you have done all this wickedness. Yet do not turn aside from following the Lord, but serve the Lord with all your heart. And do not turn aside, for then you will go after empty things which cannot profit or deliver, for they are nothing. For the Lord will not forsake His people for His great name's sake, because it has pleased the Lord to make you His people. Moreover, as for me, I love this. This is what I'm getting to. This is that that burden that desire, that, that attitude that we need to have. Moreover, as for me, far be it from me that I shouldn't sin against the Lord in ceasing to pray for you. But I will teach you the good and the right way. He says, listen, yes, there's been sin, but God has not walked away from you. You just need to f- seek after him and come after him. And he's there. He's with you. But far be it from me, he's like, I, I pray that the furthest thing from me is that I stop praying for you. That because if I stop praying for you, that would be a sin for me. Because the burden that has been placed on my heart, because God has asked me, he's asked us to intercede, said, far be it from me that I should sin against the Lord in ceasing to pray for you. But not only am I going to pray for you, but I'm going to teach you the good and right way. Will we as God's people say, I'm so burdened that I will intercede and pray and have this sigh of like my breath is taken away because of what's going on in the world. So I have to stand in the gap for this people that they be saved. And not only that, but God, I'm burdened to teach, to lead somebody into that place where they know God. Because sometimes it's even just too easy just to say, I'm going to stay home and pray for them. I got in my prayer closet and prayed for the world today. Great! But is there action? Is there action to what God has done in you and the burden that you have? I will teach you the good in the right way. So my plea, my plea with for us but then also just for God's people all over the world, is that we'd be marked by Him. That we would be the ones that when He passes by, He sees us being burdened. And upset about what is going on, so much so that we're just weeping for those that need to know Him. For the things going on in the church and outside the church. That we be marked by Him as ones that are weeping for the world. that we be the ones that stand in the gap, the ones that God can find that are saying, we need more time. There are more people that need to know who you are. God, please give us more time because we want to see more people Be a part of your family. You know, I, I... I feel like so many times we're like, Jesus, just come back. Just come back. Come get us, Lord. We're ready to go. But God is looking for ones that say, no. Don't come back yet. I don't know. Does that hit you? Because like I feel like we always say that. It's like, oh, he's going to come back soon. Like you're excited and ready for it. And of course, I'm excited for that time whenever we're reunited all together, that we're worshiping him, that we're spending time just at his feet, on our faces, worshiping him. But man, I don't want to go there with people that are not able to get there still, that I could have helped, that I could have held, st- stood in the gap and held him off a little bit. So can I switch my thinking from God, and just come back and just take us, to God, just stay a little longer, just leave us a little bit more time so we can see you move in a greater way in the world around us, so we can see more people come to know you. We won't sit here and complain about all the mess that's going on. But we will pray and intercede and see something happen that changes it. You know, I, when people ask me about like political stuff and, and all the stuff going on in the world, and, and I, I do read about it. I watch it, I see it, because I want to know what's going on, but I don't want to talk about it. You say, why did you want to talk about it? Because I don't care what it is that's happening. I care what God can do through his people and what can change because he is doing something in you. Whatever that is out there, it can change if his people would rise up and be moved by his strength, would be moved by his compassion for those that are lost. Those things will change. So yeah, I see it, but no, I don't care. What I care about is what God is calling me to do. What I care about is what God is calling you to do. Yes, we have to be burdened and weeping over those things that are happening. But our thoughts should not be consumed with those things, but with God. Right? I see it, but I let it stay there and let his burden and who he is consume me. That burden might be over that thing, and he is asking me to do something about it. But my thoughts are still on him about that thing. Not just consumed with the worry of what it is that's happening. Would you stand with me? I just want to take this moment and call this, and whether that's at your seat or you want to come down front, I'm going to call this an altar call for the burden of God. An altar call for the heart of God for what is going on in and out of the church. That we would be the people, right? That we would not be serving self, but serving Him. And burdened by what he wants us to do. So we're just gonna take a moment. And if you feel like you need to step forward and say, God, I need more of who you are, more of that burden, more of that burden for my my own life to, to, to be relieved of, of my selfish. Ways and more of you, but God, also for that burden of those around me that need to know you, God, I need that. Then let's call out to God and say, God, I need you. And I'm just going to pray. And in this moment, all of us together just ask God that. God, we're just asking you today to just give us your heart, God. Give us your burden for those that are lost and are, are wandering, God. Those that need you, God. I pray that those that that are blinded, that can't see you, God, that you would you would take the blinders off, God. That you would uh, just strip off any. Um, shell or or thing that is keeping us from you. God, we pray that you would move God, in this place that you would move in your church, God, around the world to see a burden for what is happening. Not a worry, God, not a, a gossip, but a burden for what is happening in the world that you created, God, that you would come That you would come and and that you would use your people to see a change, God. That we would stand in the gap and hold off your fury, God. Your anger on what is happening around us. But God, that you would come. That you would come and, and, and bring your spirit, God. Bring your revelation. That your mercy and grace would spread throughout the world, God, as your people become burdened for you and for the people that you have created, God, that the church would would rise up and be your church, God, who you have called them to be, who you have called us to be, God. Forgive us. God, forgive us. Forgive us, God, of any sin that we have against you. Anything that we are holding, that we've been holding tightly to, that is keeping us from your full. Your full power, your full will in our lives, in our lives, God. Use us, God. Use your people to see the world changed. God, we want to see the world changed. We have a burden thank you so much thank you god thank you for your mercy god your mercy triumphs it triumphs over justice or judgment mercy triumphs over judgment Thank you for being here with us today, God, in each and every day. God, you're always there, but let us be there too. (laughs) Let us be fully with you, seeking after you, our eyes towards you. We love you so much. Jesus' name. Amen. Thanks for listening today. We pray this message encourages you. If you have any questions or you'd like to learn more about us as a church, you can always visit us online by going to lifechurchstl.com.